Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Is Friday, October 1st, 2021. This is Shannon, and I'm here with Brooke and Natalia, and we are bringing back the school episode because there are so, so many good books about schools. And so we have 12 of our favorites for you tonight. Uh, we will start out, of course, with the usual housekeeping information. Then Brooke will start us out. I will go next, and Natalia will finish the round. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So my first book for this evening is Air of Shadows, Days Lay, Academy, number one, by Kel Carpenter. So in this book, our main character's name is Selena, and she is one of Triplet's sisters. Her uh, sisters are Alexandra and Lily, and they are 15 when the book begins. So each of them like, have a certain powers like or magic, and, and they're kind of like in between. I would I always call them powers. So they have different abilities. And Alexandra, her ability is fire related. And she kind of has a really fiery temper. So she often gets them into trouble. So when the book begins, Alex has a bit of an explosion. And she ends up getting um, her and her sisters kicked out of their foster home. So they get on a plane and, and go to live with their aunt. Um, her name is Mariana, and she has two daughters, Blair and Elizabeth, and we find out that they are also supernatural. So the girls are kind of wondering, like, why did this family member not show up a long time ago? Because they've kind of, ever since their parents have, um, got killed in a car crash six years prior, um, they've kind of been tossed around from place to place. So they're kind of a little bit upset about this. But they get over it and they start settling in. And then, their... <laughs> and then their aunt lets them know that she's going to be sending them along with their two cousins to um, this supernatural school. So it's called Daisley Academy. And it's where it's kind of like 
kind of Hogwarts for like, but not quite. So they take off for there. There's a lot of going on airplanes. I don't really know why, but they go on airplanes a lot and it's really easy. Normally I would say it's really expensive, but they don't seem to, it doesn't seem to be in this, in this book. So her and her sisters, they show up at the school and they're kind of like, Selena's kind of standoffish. She really doesn't want to make friends. And she also, like, she has a reason for this that we learn later. And she's also, all she is focused on is making sure that her two sisters are safe. So even though the three girls are the same age, Selena kind of took it upon herself when she was 10 years old and her and their parents died to be like the kind of like the big sister of the three. So she's always looking out for her sisters. So in the book, we kind of go to different classes with them and we see um, there's times when the girls are like learning things about um, the supernatural community that they never knew. And that's kind of interesting to read about. But also at different times, we learn that Selena, she's not quite like everybody else. Like everybody has their own ability, but she's kind of something totally different. So we keep getting these foresights that something is going to come, but we don't really find out until close to the end. So part of the way that she gains control over her abilities and in order to keep hiding them Because if she doesn't hide them, she's worried that her and her sisters are going to be in danger. So one of her ways of controlling them is through boxing. So there's really interesting to see the situations that she's put into and also how she kind of shows all those guys in the boxing community that there's a lot more to her than they realize. So I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to give up too much more, but I really like, I'm pretty much done this book. I think I've like, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 pages left, not even. And I've really enjoyed it. Like, I can't wait to get to the next one. So this is Air of Shadows, Daisley Academy, number one, and it's by Kel Carpenter. I know Kristen really likes Kel Carpenter. I need to uh, pick up some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, um, I read a couple of different series by her, and I've actually quite enjoyed them. Well, my first book gives me the opportunity to talk about psychopaths. Oh. Now, Natalia wanted the opportunity to talk about psychopaths, but I said, no. (laughs) So this is Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Korean. This came out um, just in September of this past year. So it is super new and super excellent. So this is the story of a group of students who are enrolled in what I believe is a fictitious university. Um, It's one that I've never heard of. And I can't imagine that you could like make a book like this about a school that actually exists without people getting really upset. (laughs) 
so these these students are in a lot of ways just like your your average students they go to classes they go to parties they do their best to fit in however they are all psychopaths and there are six maybe seven of them and they are all a part of this secret study that is going on at this university there is a professor who seems to think that he can teach them certain things to like keep their, their personality disorder kind of under control, but um, he doesn't want this to get out into the real, you know, the whole world because people would be very, very upset to know that there were a bunch of psychopaths like running around the school. So we have kind of a main character but we follow like several different points of view. Um, Chloe is the person that we follow, I would say the most. And she is a young woman who has come to school, not only to participate in this study, but she has kind of a secret agenda that you learn more about as the book unfolds. There's also Andre who has a secret of his own. And there are some other people that we follow as the book goes on. But what starts to happen is people who are participating in this study are ending up dead. And it's very easy to start suspecting people in this group, because like if you have a bunch of psychopaths and people start dying, it's very natural to suppose that a psychopath killed them. So you have to sort of follow along this trail, figure out who is the guilty one and why are they killing people um you might be able to find this out you might not it's it's very hard to tell you don't know who to trust um all of these characters tell you only what they want you to know and then you learn little things about them from seeing things like from other people's points of view it's very very interesting and super compelling i loved it a lot I've not read a book quite like this one, and I'm really excited to see what Korean has up her sleeve for her next book. This is Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Korean, and it is a twisty wild ride. I can't wait to read this. Yes. Shannon was unapologetic about stealing this book from me. Unapologetic. I didn't steal it from you. <laughs> Yes, well, she is you the leader. She should be able to have whatever she wants. Well, technically, she read it first. It's true. So I didn't fight too hard. No. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, my first book is the first one I read by this author. And OMG, what a twisty book. She Was the Quiet One Yay. by Michelle Campbell. Yay! And Mind you, she does have a book called It's Always the Husband. Just like the fact that she has a book with that title was enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) So this book is about Rose Enright, who has uh, enrolled in a prestigious New England boarding school as an opportunity of a lifetime. But for Rose's vulnerable twin sister, Belle, the academy is a place of temptation and danger. And eventually, Belle falls into a wild crowd that pressures her into hazing her own twin, Rose. (gasps) And that causes the sister's relationship to shatter. Rose turns to her dorm mother, who is Sarah Donovan, for advice. But Belle turns to Sarah's husband, Heath, 
who's a charismatic and ambitious teacher. So is Heath trying to help Belle or take advantage of her? This is a world of privilege, induction, and manipulation, and only one sister will live to tell the truth. Ooh. So you must read She Was the Quiet One to see what will happen in this twisty, thrilling ride. You know, I feel like the synopsis does not do justice at all. Such, such a good book. I don't think I've read this one yet, but I have read, I can't remember which one I've read of hers. And it was, it was good. Um, there she was the husband. I, I mean, she was, this is, she was a quiet one. There's, it's always the husband and there's another one. There's the wife who knew the too much. The wife who knew too much. Uh-huh. Um, there's another one. Uh, Stranger on the Beach. I think that was Stranger on the Beach I read. But I really, really like this one. This one. Yeah. yeah. I, this is so far my favorite of all of them right now. And I think it, like, it doesn't go sort of where you expect it to go with, like, the, the stuff between the sisters. Um, I felt like it wasn't predictable in the way that, like, some things can be. So my next book tonight is The Castle School by Alyssa B. Scheinwell. And the reason I'm saying the castle, go- the castle School versus The Castle School for Troubled Girls, which is actually what originally I saw the title as, is because I'm not sure why, but there's probably a reason. But on Goodreads, the book title's been changed to just The Castle School. So in this book, our main character's name is Moira. And Moira is, she's struggling. She's really, really struggling. She recently lost her best friend, Nathan. He died of cancer. And she's really, really grieving. Like she's having a really, really tough time. She's failing in school. She's not going to school. Um, She's not getting along with her parents. And it gets to a point where her mom decides she has to go somewhere. So she sends her to the castle school. And this school is pretty neat. Like, it sounds kind of cool because it actually looks like a castle. Like, it's literally a castle that she gets to go to. And at this school, it's a bunch of young women. And each of them has their own issue that they're dealing with. And at different points throughout the book, we get to learn about the specific, like each character. I kind of wish that we had learned a bit more than we did, but I did like how Shinemel dealt with the different mental health concerns that each of the characters had and how how she kind of allowed us to watch the actual main character, Moira, work through her own. So in this book, Moira shows up at the school. Um, She's driven by the headmaster's son. So that was kind of her first experience with the whole process. Then she meets Dr. Prince, who everyone calls the prince, obviously, because come on now. And the prince is kind of, 
he's kind of an easygoing guy, but he's got a lot of rules. So the kids, all the girls have to be in bed by a certain time. Um, they have to eat their meals. They have to go to like go to their sessions or classes. Well, Moira, she's not ready for school, but she's like, I have to be here anyway, so I'm just going to go check it out. So she goes, and we kind of learn that each of the so-called classes, it's not really like the, your typical high school that she was thinking. It's kind of more like, like therapy at all and a different kind of sessions that each of them have that help them to learn. Like I think in one of the later in the book, we get to see the brochure for that because she reads the brochure and it talks about how the school isn't your typical school, but that it focuses on like group work and self-realization and just stuff like that to try to help the girls not feel like they need to be cured, but that they're not alone. So as I said, we get to meet all the different characters and well, Moira and her roommate, they discover that the metal bars on their um, window oh. is not locked. And they hear some music in the distance. And they, of course, come on, what teenager would not want to know, right? So <laughs> they break out and they follow the music. And guess what they discover? Another castle. Whoa. Except that this castle is run by Dr. Mara Prince. Oh. And it's only for boys. So for teens. Like so, teen boys? Yeah. And their castle is oh. like the total opposite. They do not have a curfew. And oh. they get music. Like oh, I forgot to mention, like the girls, when they arrive, all of their creature comforts are taken away. Like they're not allowed to have makeup. They're not oh. allowed to have their phone. They're not allowed to have like anything. And like, if they want to call their parents, they have to ask him. He doesn't just hand oh. over his phone. Okay. But at Mara Prince's castle, it's a lot different. These are also boys that have their own issues that they're dealing with. But her, Mara and the prince, they kind of see things differently. And I really thought it was interesting to see how they kind of, how um, Sean Mel developed their characters. I thought it was pretty neat. So if you want to learn more, it's, it's honestly a really, really good book. Then check out The Castle School by Alyssa B. Scheinmel. And this is actually the second book I've read of hers. And oh, yeah. I, honestly, she, I, she wrote another, like, mental health. Yeah, uh, last type. year. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I can't remember what it's called right now. <laughs> Me neither. That's so bad. But I really liked it. This is on my list of things to read because I really like these kind of like creepy reform schools. Yeah. So I do want to. Yeah, they check do this describe out. different parts of the school, which I thought was neat too. My next book is going to change things up a little bit 
because this is true crime that takes place at a school. Oh. This is We Keep the Dead Close, A Murder at Harvard and a Half Century of Silence by Becky Cooper. So this is kind of a mix of like true crime and investigative reporting. It's one of those books that goes back and forth in time between like the author doing all the research and uncovering the truth. And then we actually move back in time and sort of see how things are likely to have played out. So you're not seeing everything like from the author's perspective exactly. You do kind of feel like you're traveling back in time to 1969 when Harvard University attempted to merge with Radcliffe. And apparently Radcliffe is like the sister school of Harvard and it was an all girls school where Harvard was at that point only allowing men to graduate. So now these two schools are merging. This is kind of a tumultuous time like in the history of Harvard, but also just in American history. You know, in general, 1969 um, was, you know, kind of a not fantastic time. So in 1969, a young woman named Jane Britton, who was 23, she was a graduate student in the anthropology program. She was found murdered, bludgeoned to death in her home. And the police, you know, did an investigation, but there was never any like real closure to the case. Like no one ever knew who was responsible for Jane's murder. And it became pretty clear that Harvard and the police in that community, like were working together to kind of like hush things up. So 40 years later, Becky Cooper, who was an undergrad at the time, started hearing like whispered rumors that, you know, 40 years ago, this woman had been found dead and that there were all these suspicions about people who knew her, people who were pretty high up in the university and people were were hiding things. And so Becky became really like obsessed with this story and uncovering the truth of what really happened to Jane Britton. So this novel, this story kind of chronicles her like 10 year investigation into this murder and all of the research that she does, like the old files that she looks over, the people that she works really hard to make contact with, some of whom don't wanna talk to her about this. Um, And with every person she talks to, it becomes clear that there is so much that is unknown about this crime. This is a book, I think that's a little bit longer than perhaps it needs to be, like parts of it do kind of drag. But if if you keep it up, you know, if you're able to just like plow through, it is a really interesting look at class and like socioeconomic status and all the ways in which these things work to protect certain people and to let other people kind of fall through the cracks. So this is We Keep the Dead Close, A Murder at Harvard and a Half Century of Silence by Becky Cooper. My next book is not such a mystery, but it is still it was still so fun and interesting for me to read. Uh, 
It's called Minor Dramas and Other Catastrophes oh, by Kathleen. Yeah, so good. And this is about the privileged micromanaging parents, overworked teachers, and students called, caught in the middle. And what happens when all that finally comes to a head? Our story starts with Isabel Johnson, who's a teacher, Miss Johnson, and she knows that helicopter parents like Julia Abbott, whose state, whose world revolves around everything her children do in school. She's what they call a stage mom who constantly interferes in her children's lives, right? And that comes with the territory for Miss Johnson, considering what kind of school she's teaching at. And um, meanwhile, Julia, the mother, resents teachers like Isabel because she feels like they effortlessly, effortlessly, sorry, bond with students, including her own teenagers who have started confiding in this teacher more than her. Uh oh. And um, Isabel has spent her teaching career in. Uh, I guess the name of the town is Liston Heights. And she's been kind of like at the margin, you know, uh, st- sidestepping the families, doing her thing, teaching and managing to just keep the life that she wants to have apart, like her, her middle-class life apart from the community that she actually teaches at until she receives a threatening voicemail accusing her of Americanism and a blatant liberal agenda. Ooh. <laughs> And when she received this, she realizes that as much as she's trying to distance her life, she's in the middle of all this nonsense. And instead of cowering, she doubles down on her social justice ideals and teaching them to her students. <sighs> Meanwhile, Julia, who is obsessed with the casting of the high school winter musical, inadvertently shoves the music student lead when she sneaks onto the school campus to see if one of her kids had made it into the musical. <laughs> And it turns out that one of the kids recorded this and the footage goes viral. Aye, aye, aye. And of course, this has very far-reaching consequences for Julian, Julia and her entire family. But because they have both been harmed by the humiliation of public meltdowns, Isabel and Julia will find that they have common ground where they least expect it and confront a secret Facebook gossip site that's stirring up more trouble for this tumultuous school community then it's worth <gasps> and i just gotta say that a parent sneaking into school just to read the cast list to see if her kid made it to the to the musical was like it made my entire life <laughs> legit <laughs> but, but i will honestly tell you like this book it honestly happened like i oh, swear yeah. to god no, I'm <laughs> sure. it's like it was very much like my high school but not, I don't know, I don't know how, like, I wasn't into the arts, because I'm just not very creative or anything, but I could definitely have seen some of the parents of these kids doing that. I I could see parents doing this now. So this is Minor Dramas and Other Catastrophes by Kathleen West, and seriously, (laughs) if you like school books, you really got to read this one. Kathleen West is, like, a treasure she's been on the podcast a couple of times both for minor dramas and for um her 2021 are we there yet yeah and she is a school teacher so she brings just like so much knowledge of like that school life 
into right. her books. And she's just, she's so, so excellent. I also love that the inspiration for this book was apparently that she wondered what would happen if she snuck into her son's like middle school <laughs> to see if he uh, made, you know, if he got a part in a play. Fortunately, she decided you know, not to actually do this and to write about it instead. Uh, but this book was so, so good. And I'm very, very excited for her 2022 book as well. So my next book this evening is The Culling Trials, Shadow Spell Academy, number one, by Shannon Mayer and K.F. Breen. So the synopsis for this book describes it as Harry Potter meets the Hunger Games. And I will honestly tell you that is such a good description because we've got the different houses of the Academy, which is similar to Harry Potter, but then we also have just the Hunger Games part of it all. So our main character's name is Wild and she has three siblings, Tommy, Billy and Sam, and they live on a farm. But when the book begins, Tommy is no longer with them. He was killed at a mishap at the Shadow Spell Academy. So I don't remember how many years, I don't even know if we know how many years it's been. I think so. We're like at least a year or two after Tommy's death. And this random guy shows up at the farm, at the at Wild's family farm, and gives her a letter for Billy. They're telling him that he must now come to the Shadow Spell Academy and take his place. And this is really concerning to Wild because she knows that something happened to Tommy while he was there. And she doesn't want Billy to have to go through this. For some reason, I don't really understand. But Wilde hasn't been invited, even though she's actually older than Billy. So I'm not really sure why he got picked over her. But she decides that the only way to protect Billy is to cut her hair to look like a boy, tie her breasts down, and go in his place so she does this and she learned that she has now entered into the culling trials so what it is is they bring in all the first year students and instead of like getting your name called out by a hat you're put into these random groups and Pretty much each group is trying to kill each other so that they can finish, be the first ones to finish. So that's pretty much what happens. So Wild is teamed up with some of the funniest people ever. So one of them, I can't actually remember what her original name, but she's a necromancer and she is nicknamed Walter for Walter Cronkite because her thing that she kind of does like all the time is she does these like different facts like and she'll tell you also the stats of the chances of this going well the chance of this going badly 
um, the stats of like how many people died in this sort of situation. It was actually pretty funny. She's also teamed up with a young wizard. Um, we've got a, I thought this was cool, a badger shifter. So he's like, he shifts into a badger, which is pretty neat. Um, we've got a vampire. And I think there's one more. Um, oh, oh, he um, he's a gargoyle. So he can turn Ooh, into a gargoyle. Yeah. And so they're teamed up together. And Wild is kind of like, she always seems to know how to take, like, take the lead. And she gets, she kind of gets her team together. And she says, okay, this is our goal. So we're just going to work on it. So it was really neat to see how they work together and to see like how they kind of worked through things and how they kind of got to know each other as they went through it. So if you want to know if Wild and her teammates made it to the end of The Culling Trials, then you will have to check out The Culling Trials Shadow Spell Academy number one by Shannon Mayer and K.F. Breen. And a small note, um, Shannon Mayer actually reads, um, writes the last, like, so K.F. Breen helps her with the first three books, but then the last three books of that series is actually just written by Shannon Mayer, which I thought, and you don't actually oh, I wonder really know why that is. I, I think Breen just wanted to go off and do her own thing. Uh, well, she's very busy. She's writing many, many things. <laughs> so my next book is possibly my favorite book of 2021 so far. I talked about it on another episode we did earlier in the summer, and I'm so excited to be able to talk about it again. This is Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Amide. And this author is a marvel um, because she wrote this book when she was, well, she started writing it when she was a freshman in college and it was published as she was graduating um, with her, her undergrad degree. So um, cool. I've heard, an, it is so cool. I've heard an interview with her. She is amazing. It's really, really hard to believe just like reading this book that A, this is someone's debut novel and B, that this is like the debut novel of a college student. So this is a young adult thriller. It takes place in a private academy where the students are just supposed to be perfect. Um, you're not really allowed to have any faults. And if you do, you really, really want to keep these, these faults a secret. But then somebody decides that it's actually a really good idea to bring these secrets out into like the, the forefront. So this is an anonymous texter. He calls himself Aces. And he picks two students to sort of start this process. And these students are Devon and Chiamaka. Um, Devon is a musician. He doesn't really like to get involved in like school politics. He just kind of buries himself in his music studies and, you know, does his best to like stay under the radar. 
Shiamaka is pretty much the opposite of Devon in every way you can think of. She is really addicted to power and she's not afraid to do whatever it takes to get what she wants, but she doesn't really want people to know the lengths that she's gone to, to sort of claim this power. So when Aces targets these two, they are forced into a very, very uneasy alliance as they try to figure out who Aces might be and why they have been chosen. And I cannot really tell you more than that without giving like some really key points of the book away. But this was just a powerhouse of a book that looks at some really deep subjects, but does it in like the fun, like in kind of the fun guise of, of a twisty thriller. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's also very, very thought provoking. It's interesting because you don't really know where the book takes place. Like she doesn't ever name the city. And so it gives you kind of that sense that like it could be anywhere because some of the things that our protagonists deal with are things that exist kind of everywhere in the world. So I highly, highly recommend this. This is Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Amide. And it is just, I, I don't even know like what else to say about it. It's just an amazing read. My next book is another twisty, delightful, teacher-esque school book. And this is For Your Own Good by oh. Samantha Downing. And yes, I know I talked about this before because I was looking forward to it when it came out. And man, did it not disappoint. So this book is about Teddy Crutcher, and he's won Teacher of the Year, finally, at the esteemed Belmont Academy, home to the finest and brightest. And according to Teddy, his wife couldn't be more proud, except no one has seen her in a while. And... Teddy really can't be bothered with the death of a school parent that's looking more and more like murder and the student who is digging into Teddy's personal life. His main focus is on pushing these kids to their full academic potential. All he wants is for his colleagues and his endlessly and the endlessly meddlesome parents to stay out of his way. It's really too bad that sometimes excellence can come at a high cost. Oof. This book is a thriller about a prestigious school, overly eager students, and a teacher that really just wants to teach them all a lesson they will never forget. <laughs> this is For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing. Oh, oh my gosh. Should you read this, Shannon? I don't remember. Yes. Yes. This was like so... Excellent. I, I don't think there's anything that Downing has done that I haven't just loved. So my last book for tonight is The Witch Haven by Sasha Peyton Smith. And I was so excited to find this book because I was kind of like, I had read a few different school books, but they just weren't quite what I was looking for to talk about. So I kept looking and I'm so glad I did because I found this book and I quickly started it yesterday and finished it. So now I will talk about it. So in yes. this book, our main character's name is Frances. Um, in the, when we start the book, 
she's working as a seamstress. Um, if this book is kind of set in the 1800s. So as I said, Frances is working as a seamstress and one day her boss comes in, calls her to his office and attacks her. Oh. And she's freaking out, of course. And for some reason, her friend, like her workmates in the other room, they're not coming to her rescue. So she doesn't know what she's going to do. But all of a sudden, her boss like just kind of collapses off of the top of her. And then when she kind of crawls to her feet, she looks over and her scissors are stuck in his, the side of his neck. She has no idea how this happened. Like, absolutely oh. no idea. So, of course, she cleans up really quickly, but also sets up the scene to make it look like something happened to him. And she goes off to bed. And then in the morning, the police come and it's so obvious that it was that she had something to do with the whole situation because her scissors are the only ones that are missing. I'm not really totally sure why she didn't like, I don't know, clean them up and put them away, but she didn't. So she's, um, she's pretty worried that she's going to be going to jail. Well, these two women, Helen and Maxine, they come to her rescue in the form of telling her, that her, t- her tuberculosis results just came in and they need to take her to the sanatorium because they were positive. So she has no idea what's going on, but she doesn't really want to go to jail either. So she just goes with them. So I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. So she goes off to the sanatorium and when they arrive there, it's this big stately home. And she's like, kind of like, uh, it's looking a little rough on the outside. So she's like, hmm, doesn't look quite like a hospital that I've seen, but okay. So she goes in and she learns that this is actually a school. And it's a school where young women learn to be a witch. So I'm not really totally sure how they detect these like they call them sudden disturbances so like it's kind of like when the young witch comes into their powers so how all of a sudden her scissors showed up into the side of his neck well that was kind of the manifestation of her her witch abilities so somehow they detect this and then they go off and they get new recruits they call them new recruits so Francis um, begins learning um, about magic and kind of the focus of this academy or this school is to teach women like how to control their magic. Um, they teach them to do like menial jobs, like how to clean and how to do whatever with their magic. But the rest, like they don't really teach them any like of the more, I guess, fun for a lot of people. Cause I don't know, cleaning for me is not any fun at all. So, no. <laughs> so exactly. So they don't really teach any of that. Like their focus is very much on like the women's side of things. Well, she meets this boy named Finn 
And he was actually a friend of her brothers. And the way that she actually, so the way that she kind of reconnected with Finn is that he, they left like these notes. She got these notes left on her pillow and they kind of gave her these ideas that she needed to go and meet. Like there's these different, like kind of, the notes were kind of like a little bit short and stuff. So like the first one is like, just kind of the date that her brother had been murdered. And then another, the next note is telling her to come to this certain spot in the forest. So she ends up going to the spot and she discovers Finn. And Finn is what used to be one of her brother's friends. So that's kind of where she recognizes him from. And he tells her that he's pretty sure that her brother was murdered and that being the friend that he is, he really wants to help her discover like who did it because she really wants to know too. So they start getting together um, and he starts teaching her about her magic and teaching her to because her kind of her goal that she's decided um, she found in this this spell in this book she at first thinks that she'll be able to bring her brother back from the dead but it actually turns out that she'll be able to scrying him through a mirror so she's hoping that by doing this that they'll be able to discover um who killed him because now there also have been a couple other boys that have gone missing and that are have also been murdered so she's kind of determined to find out what happened Finn ends up taking her to this other like society it's called I think it's called Sun Society or something like that it's like kind of like a boys club it's kind of and she learns that these are like they call themselves magicians so these are people that are able to do more with their magic like that's kind of the way that the leader kind of tells her is that if you want to learn more about your magic and not just how to control it, then you should come to us. So she kind of has to decide between whether she's going to stay with the and learn about her witch life, or does she want more? So I really liked this book. Um, I thought it was quite well done, and I would really recommend it. So this is The Witch Haven by Sasha Payton Smith. This is definitely on my short list of things to read. All right. So my last book, like from the synopsis, you would kind of view it as just like a run of the mill kind of murder mystery set at this elite academy. But once you get into it, there is quite a bit more going on. So this is The Ivies by Alexa Dunn. And Alexa Dunn, up until this point, has written, like, some fantasy. Like, she wrote, um, I guess, more science fiction than fantasy. She wrote, like, a retelling of Jane Eyre set in space that looks really cool called Brightly Burning, I think. Um, And she's written some other, like, young adult science fiction romance. But this is her first thriller. And this is the story of this not like five girl click of 
very powerful teenage girls who are obsessed with getting into the Ivy League universities. And they've come up with this plan that each of them is going to choose a school that she wants to get into. And none of the other members of this group can try to get into that school. So like Avery, who is our, like the leader of this group, she is obsessed with Harvard. She, nothing else matters to her but getting into Harvard. And so none of her friends are allowed to apply there. <laughs> they all have to kind of set their sights on different Ivy League universities. But this sort of rivalry, this sort of obsession doesn't just stay within the group of five. They kind of take it like throughout their whole, their whole class. And so they do things like manipulate the academic rankings so that they show up on top and like other people are pushed kind of <laughs> further down. Um, they somehow, well, I know how, but you don't know how, like jury rig these competitions so that they, they win. And they do all these things to make themselves look like model students that are worthy of getting into the Ivy League schools. But then there is a conflict because Avery, as I said, wants to get into Harvard. But it turns out that another member of the group went behind Avery's back and also applied to Harvard. Oh. And, uh -huh, and this is very, very bad because Avery does not get in. This other girl does. And Avery is angry. She and this other girl get into a fight. The other girl ends up dead. And now, of course, suspicion is laid firmly at Avery's door. And Olivia, who is our main character, she's a scholarship student who has kind of been accepted into this group of Ivies, like for reasons that she doesn't fully understand because she's nothing like the other girls. Um, she's not rich and popular and powerful, but somehow they have kind of taken her under their wing and she's become one of them. Now she is beginning to wonder, like, is it possible that someone in her group, namely Avery, but maybe someone else, would they have killed one of their own over a college admission? If you want to know the answer to that, you will have to pick this up. It is The Ivies by Alexa Dunn. This is on my TBR list, and I'm definitely going to be bumping it up because it sounds even better than it's, I thought it was. It's like super like twisty and disturbing. <laughs> Natalia, have you read this? I have not read this, but this sounds like read this. I want to read. Yeah, you, you need to read this. Well, my last book is a school book that I really enjoyed and almost forgot about. And I think this is probably one of the ones I enjoyed the most out of all of them. And this is All Your Twisted Secrets by Diana Urban. Have you read this? I love this Mind book. you, this is I her have read this. debut. This is her debut thriller. I hope and she does something else guys, soon. Me too. I can't wait. And if any of you guys have read One of Us is Lion by Shannon McManus, Karen McManus, you'll love Karen. Did I say Shannon? Yeah, Shannon and Karen. Karen mm -hmm. McManus, you will love this book because it just keeps you guessing until the explosive ending. Yeah, this so is welcome wild. to dinner. 
And again, congratulations on being selected. Now you must do the selecting. What did the queen bee, star athlete, valedictorian, stoner, and music bee all have in common? They were all invited to a scholarship dinner. Only to discover that it's a trap. Someone has locked them in a room with a bomb, a syringe filled with poison, and a note saying they have an hour to pick someone to kill. Or else... Everyone dies. <laughs> but Amber Prescott is determined to get her classmates out of the room alive. But that's easier said than done because no one knows how they're all connected or who would want them dead. As they retrace the events of the past year that might have triggered their captor's ultimatum, it becomes clear that everyone is hiding someone or well, rather something. And when the clock ticks down, confusion turns to fear, and then fear turns into panic. And they get closer and closer and closer to having to answer the biggest question. Who will they choose to die? Ooh. This is All Your Twisted Secrets by Diana Urban. And oh, what a twisted book it was. Reminds me of like those like logic problems you know that say like logic games yeah like would you kill like one person if it meant like everyone else would survive so like if you could push one person off the bridge instead of like everyone having to jump off like would you do it yeah like the that conundrum my husband knows the name of this but it's like um if it was between a family member and a train full of people like yeah. a, chi- a child and a train full of people would you uh that the train fall into the water or would you let your child die yes yes it's like that yeah i, I know I my answer so and i'm not ashamed <laughs> I at love all this book so much i i oh man i can't believe i almost didn't talk about it i know <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our school related episode thank you to brooke and natalia we're coming up with a variety of different schools to talk about tonight. Thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for all of her fantastic editing. And of course, we thank each and every one of you who joins us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.